The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 2, The Constitution, Book 5, Parliament First, Chapter 6, Brigands and Jarlet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by Peter Dan. Book 5, Chapter 6, Brigands and Jarlet. We shall have war, then, and on what terms? with an executive pretending, really with less and less deceptive now, to be dead, casting even a wishful eye towards the enemy. On such terms we shall have war. Public functionary and vigorous action there is none. If it be not Riverol with his staff of genius and 280 applauders, the public service lies waste. The very tax-gatherer has forgotten his cunning. In this and the other provincial board of management, Directoire de département, it is found advisable to retain what taxes you can gather to pay your own inevitable expenditures. Our revenue is assignat, emission on emission of paper money. And the army, our three grand armies of Rochambeau, of Lachner, of Lafayette. Lean, disconsolate hover these three grand armies, watching the frontiers there, three flights of long-necked cranes in molting time wretched, disobedient, disorganised, who never saw fire, the old generals and officers gone across the Rhine. War Minister Narbonne, he of the rose-coloured reports, solicits recruitments, equipments, money, always money, threatened, since he can get none, to take his sword, which belongs to himself, and go serve his country with that. The question of questions is, what shall be done? Shall we, with a desperate defiance which fortune sometimes favours, draw the sword at once in the face of this inrushing world of emigration and obscurantism? Or wait and temporise and diplomatise till, if possible, our resources mature themselves a little? And yet again, are our resources growing towards maturity or growing the other way? Dubious. The ablest patriots are divided. Brissot and his Brissantins, or Girondins and the legislative, cry aloud for the former, defiant plan. Robespierre in the Jacobins pleads as loud for the latter dilatory one, with responses even with mutual reprimands, distracting the mother of patriotism. Consider also what agitated breakfasts there may be at Madame Dudon's in the place Vendôme. The alarm of all men is great. Help ye patriots, and, oh, at least agree, for the hour presses. Frost was not yet gone when in that tolerably handsome apartment of the castle of Niort there arrived a letter. General Dumouriez must to Paris. It is War Minister Narbonne that writes. The general shall give counsel about many things. In the month of February 1792, Brissotin friends welcomed their Dumouriez Polymatus, comparable really to an antique Ulysses in modern costume, quick, elastic, shifty, insuppressible, a many-counselled man. Let the reader fancy this fair France with a whole Sumerian Europe girdling her, rolling in on her, black to burst in red thunder of war. Fair France herself, hand-shackled and foot-shackled in the weltering complexities of this social clothing or constitution which they have made for her, a France that in such constitution cannot march. 
and hunger too, and plotting aristocrats and excommunicating dissident priests. The man Labram by name, urging his black whisky visible to the eye, and still more terrible in his invisibility, engineer Gogola, with Queen Cipher riding and running. The excommunicatory priests give new trouble in the main and Loire. La Vendée, nor Catellino, the wool-dealer, has not yet ceased grumbling and rumbling. Nay, behold Jale itself once more, how often does that real imaginary camp of the fiend require to be extinguished? For near two years now it has waned faint and again waxed bright in the bewildered soul of patriotism. Actually, if patriotism knew it, one of the most surprising products of nature working with art. Royalist seigneurs, under this or the other pretext, assemble the simple people of these Cévennes mountains, men not unused to revolt, and with heart for fighting, could their poor heads be got persuaded. The royalist seigneur harangues, harping mainly on the religious string. True priests maltreated, false priests intruded, Protestants once dragooned, now triumphing, things sacred given to the dogs and so produces from the pious mountaineer throat rough growlings. Shall we not testify then, ye brave hearts of the Cévennes, march to the rescue, holy religion, duty to God and King? Sifé, Sifé, just so, just so, answer the brave hearts always. Mais il y a de bien bonnes choses dans la révolution, but there are many good things in the revolution too. And so the matter, cajole as we may, will only turn on its axis, not stir from the spot, and remains theatrical merely. Nevertheless, deepen your cajolery, harp quick and quicker, ye royalist seigneurs, with a deadlift effort ye may bring it to that. In the month of June next, this camp of Jales will step forth as a theatricality suddenly become real, Two thousand strong, and with the boast that it is seventy thousand, most strange to see, with flags flying, bayonets fixed, with proclamation and datois commission of civil war. Let some Rebecca or other the like, hot clear patriot, let some Lieutenant Colonel Aubrey, if Rebecca is busy elsewhere, raise instantaneous national guards and disperse and dissolve it and blow the old castle asunder that so, if possible, we may hear of it no more. In the months of February and March, it is recorded, the terror, especially of rural France, has risen ever to the transcendental pitch, not far from madness. In town and hamlet is rumour of war, massacre, that Austrians, aristocrats, above all, that the brigands are close by. Men quit their houses and huts, rush fugitive, shrieking with wife and child, they know not whither. Such a terror, the eyewitnesses say, never fell on a nation, nor shall fall again, even in reigns of terror expressly so called. The countries of the Loire, all the central and southeast regions, start up distracted, simultaneously as by an electric shock, for indeed grain too gets scarcer and scarcer. The people barricade the entrances of towns, pile stones in the upper stories. The women prepare boiling water from moment to moment, expecting the attack. In the country, the alarm bell rings incessant. Troops of peasants, gathered by it, scour the highways, seeking an imaginary enemy. 
They are armed mostly with scythes stuck in wood and arriving in wild troops at the barricaded towns are themselves sometimes taken for brigands. So rushes old France. Old France is rushing down. What the end will be is known to no mortal. That the end is near, all mortals may know. End of Book 5, Chapter 6